a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we talked to Chris. Chris has got that, uh, that issue that many of us have, or many of us fear, when someone else's financial challenges become your financial challenges and oh by the way you're still dealing with your own financial challenges he joins us now chris he's 36 years old hello my friend good afternoon oh well it's uh you never know someone could be listening to this in the morning and you've just thrown off That's their true. internal clock you know i mean yeah, really my apologies so you got one of those classic issues that is so uncomfortable to talk about that you're going to squirm as we talk about it i'm going to squirm as we talk about it and then when you tell your wife that you talked about it she's going to squirm too Lay it out for us. Right. So uh, I think something we, my wife and I have been dealing with for a couple of years now, uh, it's my father-in-law and mother-in-law, uh, it really just kind of came to light for us probably about five years ago that uh, we started to notice some of the financial decisions that they were making. We just kind of questioned, weren't sure exactly why they were doing certain things they were doing. Um, that ranged from a bankruptcy about five years ago. Uh, now... What we're looking at is my in-laws, in order to uh, meet their retirement goals, if you will, what they want to do, um, they are looking to downsize in their home. Okay. And where that has led us, uh, in about two or three weeks from now, uh, it looks like they're going to be moving in with us, for what we understand right now, to be a short time frame. But um, there are still just a lot of questions out there as to how this is all going to play out. Um, we know because of the bankruptcy, it may cause some issues with them trying to purchase a home. Um, we also know that uh, they, they just are both very compulsive uh, spenders. Uh, there have been things where they have uh, just come across, found a bank account that they didn't know existed, and decided to purchase a golf cart. Sure. Um, shortly after post-bankruptcy, it was go buy a new motorcycle and get a new car. Um, but... The hardest part is, though, anytime we try to mention to them or have a discussion about how things are going, especially now with them looking for a home, uh, how long they may think they'll be staying with us, it's just really up in the air. They don't know, and they're just really not willing to communicate with us at all about it. Um, And I think what we're afraid of is what right now may seem like some short-term issues is going to turn into long-term um, and how that's going to impact us as well. I mean, like you said earlier, you know, we're still pushing through some of our own financial challenges. Uh, we feel like we're making a lot of headway on things, but it's just such a big uh, bubble out there of just the unknown. Um, and really just want to see what your insight is on how can you have these conversations with family. I mean, it's obviously a very personal thing. We understand that. But how yeah. do we open this, this dialogue well, I can tell you right now, Chris, you're not alone. Uh, there's a lot of people in your situation. I don't know if that makes it easier, but it's true. Um, let's start here. Your in-laws, uh, or, or does your sister have any siblings? Or your sister, your wife. I, hopefully your wife and your sister are not one and the same. Does your wife no. have any siblings? Uh, yeah, she has one sister. Um, and what's kind of interesting about going that direction is my brother-in-law was for a short time in the financial industry 
had a little glimpse of kind of their financial situation as far as investments, insurance. Um, but even then, they weren't willing to share too much with him. But mm-hmm. that is also part around the time when a lot of concerns started to rise up. When, when he saw a little glimpse of what they were working with, uh, I think he kind of predicted this day was going to come. How, how, can you give me an approximate age? Are they both north of 65 years old, or are they younger than 65? Uh, he is 62, and she is 58. And Together. is there a pension involved? Do either of them have a pension? Yeah, so my, my father-in-law has a pension from his, his job. Um, my mother-in-law, as far as we know, has never done anything as far as retirement savings through any of her employment history. And that's another part that kind of led to this was he was able to retire last year. Uh, I think she just kind of had a challenging time knowing he was retired and she still needed to work. So I think that's kind of what led to this discussion yeah. of let's downsize, let's do what we need to do. It's really they're they're making some rash decisions to get to retirement rather than what I guess what my wife and I would think are smart or wise decisions to to get to a good point to retire. Yeah, you know, it's funny what you've told me so far. All I can think is they're not even working together. No, no, right? absolutely. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, there's, uh, and they will admit that there's zero communication between them on game plan and strategy and financial decisions. Uh, it's just one rash decision after another. Not that labeling this or naming it is going to make it any easier, but man, does this not sound like a midlife crisis? Uh, oh, it absolutely does. Um, that, that, like you know, like I mentioned, as soon as retirement hit, it was buy a motorcycle, yeah. get a new car. Um, and I think part of it was is uh, my wife has always said that when they were younger, they always struggled to get by. Um, you know, they, they kept things very tight uh, and, and didn't have a very luxurious life. Well, now I think that became achievable to some standard, uh, and they just go for it. What's the nature of the, the bankruptcy debt? Was it medical? Was it consumer debt? What was it? We never never really got um, a clear picture on that. They were not comfortable at all discussing with us. And the only reason we found out, uh, my wife has one student loan that is under their name. Okay. We make the payment, so we went to make the payment, and our check was sent back to us. So we had to talk to my mother-in-law, and she said, well, yeah, we actually went through this bankruptcy process. But as far as my father-in-law knows, we have no concept of that. He was very private about it, didn't want anyone to know. But it was clear by other things that... Um, you know, they didn't have a credit card anymore. They were paying with a debit card. Um, they stopped purchasing new cars. I think the first five years I knew them, they both got a new car every year. So I think there was a lot of compiling of debt, um, just putting themselves in bad positions. And I think even the bankruptcy was a rash decision. I, I don't think it was something probably necessary. I think it was just the easy out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, are you and your wife, you and your wife, on the same page in relation to their situation? Or do you have different feelings about it? Yeah, uh, I think my wife and I are on the same page. Even my sister-in-law and her husband are on the same page. We just have a lot of questions as to, like, where does the money go? I mean, it's gotten to a point where we sometimes question, is is there something else out there that we don't know about that they're not sharing either? They have have a pretty healthy income. Um, You know, about a year ago, he was making close to 100000 and she was making close to fifty. Uh, so we just couldn't figure out where does the money go, um, yeah. and not that we need to know that information, but as you know, the pictures become more clear that they went through bankruptcy. They're now moving in with us. We don't believe they have a real stable retirement in place. Um, D- did they 
come to you to move in with you or did, did you give sort of a, oh, you could stay with us and then they, they bit hard? Yeah, a little bit of that at the end there. Um, and it was kind of a, we owed them one. Um, okay. I had a job transfer about five years ago um, out of the military into the private sector. And at that point, uh, we didn't know exactly where we were going, so they extended the offer to move in with them, which we did. It was supposed to be about a three-week uh, stay until our closing fell through, so then it turned into a three-month. So, mm. you know, kind of feeling obligated to return the offer, um, and, and they jumped on it. And, and we really have no issue with them moving in short time or short term. I think it will help with you know some childcare expenses and some other operational things around the house. Uh, but about two weeks ago, they said they're not looking for a house right now. They, they've kind of backed away from that for the immediate time frame. Um, and then, you know, we come to find out, well, they, they don't really have approval from the bank yet. Yeah, they couldn't. A, There's no way. No, exactly. <clears throat> so they always seem to find a way to kind of work through the system. You know, for instance, getting new cars. I mean, literally a month out of bankruptcy, getting a new car and, and a motorcycle and and. I only can imagine what they pay in interest, but, um, you know, we feel like it it's probably is a possibility that in some way they're going to find a rental property or a house. Yeah. We've been trying to edge them towards, you know, maybe rent until things settle down. If you're going to jump into retirement like this, take a little bit of time, get a rental property, see what your financial situation is like before you open another can of worms. Are they taking on like the basement or the guest bedroom? Like what are the logistics of that? Uh, so we have a spare bedroom up on the second floor, um, and we're just trying to stuff some of their furniture into the, the downstairs living rooms, and uh, yeah, logistically it's going to be a little tight, uh, so we'll see how this works. I wish we did have an in-law suite that would make life a little easier, but yeah, it's going to be cramped quarters for a little while. How many children do you have? Uh, three kids. Okay. Um, and that's, I think, also part of their decision to jump into retirement was wanting to spend more time with the grandchildren. Totally understand it. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, right now we've got two in school, one that we're still paying child care. So when grandma moves in, that helps with the child care issue for us. Well, that's nice. I mean, so just, yeah. I mean, that frees up a few hundred bucks a month at least? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish that the uh, answer was as simple as like just you walking around naked more frequently <laughs> and like freaking them out and making them want to leave. But unfortunately, it's not. And my dad has right. this phrase. I don't know why he says this so frequently. It makes me nervous because maybe he's saying it about me. But my dad always says this phrase, you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. Right. And, right, right. And, and this is like, and what that is to mean is you just have to figure it out, right? You, you can't do anything about it other than figure it out. So the natural things of, well, let's set a date of when we'd like you to move on. Unfortunately, that ship has already sailed because they're already on their way in. And to, right. to have that conversation, not only is it odd, but it doesn't even fit because there has been no rules so far, right? Right, right. And it's not like you want to deliver them the uh, the user's guide to your house when they arrive on their bed with, like, you know, wash your towels, get out exactly. in January. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> oh, man. Now, this is a tough one, man. I, I All I can say is 
it's really good that your sister. God, why do I keep calling your wife your sister? What state am I doing this podcast? Um, <laughs> all I can say is it's really good that your wife and her sister agree on this. That is super right. important. Yeah. Um, have you guys thought about like the old school like like family meeting thing? Um, you know, I, I don't think that my wife and sister-in-law have gotten to that point. They they feel like they need to to go to that limit, but um, there has been, you know, just a lot of uh, just little meetings between them. It seems, you know, when we get family get-togethers and stuff, it comes up every time we're all together of just, you know, what's what's the next cat- catastrophe going to be? Uh, who's going to take them, you know, when when someone has a medical issue and they need to be, uh, you know, living with right. somebody, what's, what's, what's the plan then? Um, cause we just really don't feel confident. They, they've, you know, gotten that far out, able to take care of themselves. Uh, you know, a whole nother can of worms open there is, uh, they, they're both going through some medical challenges or issues right now. My father-in-law still has good health insurance plan through his previous employer, but my mother-in-law does not. Okay. Um, she's, uh, as far as we understand right now, she's in some type of insurance co-op, so she's not claiming medical insurance when she does have an issue come up. Um, we're not even really sure that she, you know, what quality of insurance she does have, but she was in the emergency room just a week ago for an issue. So, And, and I ask this next question, and, and I hope those listening give me a chance to explain why I'm asking it after I ask it. Have either of them had any mental health challenges? Um... You know, I I wouldn't go so far as to say mental health challenges, but there there have been some family, um, you know, a loss of a, a really close family member that I think, and this was probably about seven or eight years ago, and I think that is probably around the same time we started to notice some of this just quick reaction, like yeah. live life to its fullest right now, like you never know if you'll be here. Cause this was a very unexpected loss for the family, so... I think that also kind of transitioned into the, I want to spend as much time as I can with my grandkids. I don't know if I'll be here next year to enjoy this vacation, so let's all plan a trip to Disney. You know, just all of these things that uh, I think just trying to live life to its fullest, even though it, it may be causing more issues. And I'm obviously not a psychologist, but there, there's a there's a hint of compulsion that you're right. you're right. talking about here. and. Yeah, I recently uh, recently wrote about this in my column. You know, six percent of the population suffers what's uh, called uh, CBD, compulsive buying disorder, and it mm-hmm. almost is like they've got this little bit of a a stage going on in which they're 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 suffering from CBD. Either that or that awakening of we got to live life to the fullest just sort of went off the rails, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who's got the best uh, rapport with them of the four, uh, you know, you, your wife, uh, her sister, and her husband? Who's got the best direct rapport? Um, I think they, they, my sister-in-law lives closest to them, sees them on the most regular basis. Uh, they, they tend to rely on my wife a lot for uh, not so much like, guidance and, and decisions, but I think my, my sister-in-law is a little bit younger than my wife, so I think they rely on my wife a little bit more um, just for, you know, maybe helping encourage whatever their decision is going to be on other things, like, for instance, this move. You know, they've, they've been in communication with my wife more than I have my sister-in-law. 
You know, what I keep thinking about as we're talking here is that this isn't about you not wanting to help them. In fact, this goes well beyond that. This is about you wanting to help them. Uh, right. And, and, and them living with you on an open-ended contract is not helping them. And that's what you're True. concerned about. True. Right. right. Do, do you think your, uh, your sister-in-law, I don't I'm trying not to weasel around this, but I mean, it seems like she could at some point say, hey, how long do you plan on staying there? Uh, I mean, is, is that in the cards? Or I'm just thinking out loud at this point, right? Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, it, what also kind of makes me interesting, my, my sister-in-law and her husband are, uh, he is potentially in a job transition himself, so they may be moving as well. Um, so it kind of, and, and that's also part of their hesitation to buy right now is not knowing where my sister-in-law may be going. Um, so depending where their family ends up, they may want to live closer to us, closer to them, try and find somewhere in the middle. So uh, we we hope in the next month or two it'll kind of be determined what their status is, where they're going, and that will get the ball rolling on when my in-laws may go. But I think my wife and I also know there's some possibility that with my mother-in-law quitting her job to, to enter into retirement and the financial situation not maybe not being what they were anticipating, maybe having challenges actually getting a loan, uh, that this may turn into a you know six-month-a-year. And, and then I would imagine at that point we'll probably say, let's, let's find a rental property we can help you out with. Yeah, see, <laughs> look, the, the, I mean, I'll be honest. The, I, that's the way it feels it's going. Like, the, yeah. there's nothing you've right. said that makes it feel like, oh, we're out in three months, which I think you would be happy right. with, right? Yeah, um, you know, I think ideally three or four months, you know, and but my wife and I have also had the conversation of we, we don't want them to feel like they have to leave just to get out of our house. We, our preference would be, you know, they've adjusted to what their new retirement income is. They find a, a property that's, you know, right for them. Uh, and, and given that, that we, we also know that my, my brother-in-law is listing their house for them. He's now doing some realty work. But we know they're, they're basically a wash on their house right now. So it's not that they're going to have anything to put down on a home. We know they're going to likely jump back into a 30-year loan, yeah. you know, at the age of 60 or so. So... I think for us, our preference is, you know, maybe don't stay as long as you, you need to, but, you know, don't put yourself in a bind just to, to get out of our house. I think you got to have a target date, man. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think waiting to set a target date is a mistake. I, I think somehow in conversation, the four, uh, you know, the two siblings and the husbands sit and say, all right, mm-hmm. um, We'd like something by February 5th. I'm picking numbers out of the sky. I don't really care what yeah. it is. Um, because if you don't set that, man, it, it it's going to be this escalation of commitment thing that always scares right. me. Where yeah. um, the longer it goes on, it, it, all of a sudden it's naturally that way into the, the changes to undo it. And that's what's hard. Right, right. Let's pause on that for a second, although naturally we probably shouldn't, because I, I want to hit your financial life, too, just to give people a perspective of what you've been able to put together. At 36, your household income is $130,000 with a take-home pay of $8,700 a month. You've got $133,000 set along, aside for the long term. $1,500 a month, which includes your match, is going towards your retirement, which makes your million-dollar day. I'm uh, pulling that up now. It is February 6th of 2033. When you are 67 years old, you'll have roughly $4 million if you keep doing exactly what you're doing now. 
it'll have a net monthly income of $9,300 a month, which will feel like in today's dollars, $4,300 a month. So while your, your retirement is not absolutely perfected at $4,300 a month in today's dollars, that's pretty good. I mean, you, you, you've yeah. made some tough decisions. You've, it sounds like you've served your country, you've transitioned into the civilian workforce, and uh, I think that's probably what's so frustrating about this is that you've had to make hard choices too, and, right. and you've sacrificed in more ways than one, and here you find yourself dealing with, with this situation. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there that, you know, my wife and I, you know, with having child care and paying off college, uh, you know, we, we've had several moves of our own because of the military and then, you know, transitioning and, and some job changes. So, you know, we've really made an attempt to attack our debt this last year. I think we paid off a little over $30,000 total in debt um, and thankfully have a, a very helpful retirement plan through my employer. So that, that helps quite a bit. But yeah, we, we've tried to go kind of all in on debt, all in on retirement. Cause we know, obviously, we're going to retire one day. Um, but we're also at a point right now that, you know, we, we've paid off quite a bit of debt. We keep rolling it over to the next thing. Sure. Um, but I, I think probably our, our biggest, I don't want to say concern, but our, our biggest question right now is just, you know, I've got seven, five, and a three-year-old. So, obviously, college savings is, is out there. Um, and it's, it's almost like a three-headed dragon of... Uh, paying off the remaining debt, looking at retirement and looking at college savings and just trying to figure out, do we have the right balance? Do we need to shift more to college than retirement? Uh, do we need to back off on paying off some debt? Uh, I think my wife and I are on the same page of no, let's just keep keep attacking that right now. But um, Yeah, you know, I, I, to, to your point, like you've got $6,500 left in medical bills, 13,700 13, student loans, and 26 grand between two car loans. Um, see, that all sets up for a couple years from now. You are so cash flow positive that it's almost disgusting, right? right? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, we get to, yeah, when I started looking out three to four years of our budget now compared to what it'll be in 2020. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, let's put a ton into retirement, a ton into, uh, you know, savings, um, and, and, and really start working at college savings. Uh, I just want to make sure we don't get too far behind on that, because uh, obviously, I mean, as you know, it works works in your advantage to save up front here. Um, so, so, but yeah, like you yeah. said, it's, you know, we, we put all this effort into doing all this for ourselves, and we feel like we're, we're hopefully setting ourselves up for success further down the road, but... I don't want to say a great cloud, but just a huge unknown out there with, with the in-law situation. So you've got $28,000 in savings, which to me means your short-term is stable as well. I, how much are you going to free up with the daycare situation, do you think, a month? Um, this is probably the, the biggest year that we've had for daycare because we're doing pre-K plus child care kind of together. Okay. Um, so right now we're paying about 500 a month for the two. You know, when my mother-in-law moves in, it helps with the child care, but we're still paying some pre-K expenses. Um, but yeah, I, I envision, you know, about three years from now, you know, hopefully that's another five, $6,000 a year uh, that, you know, we'll free up to, to do for other things. Yeah, I would think any child care cost you do free up now or later needs to just directly go to college. I don't think right. any, there's any reason to roll that into debt or towards your future. Just keep it assigned to the kids indefinitely. Yeah. Um, you know, here's another thing I thought about as we're talking here, and it's a it's a real concern, and this is a concern 
um, for parents of young adults, right? So uh, think about your, your student graduates from college, moves back in with you. And here's the big concern. If they move in, set their new lifestyle and spending around not having living expenses from a homeownership perspective, they'll never get out because they have no room in their budget and they've sort of reshaped themselves around this new discretionary spending. That's terrifying, man. I mean, that's why a lot of people should charge rent when people are trying to to go through the situation. But I mean, that, that opens a whole other can of worms, right? Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, and that was something, you know, we, <laughs> when, when the conversation first came up about the moving in, uh, you know, we've never had that discussion of, are you going to chip in this much for utilities? Uh, are you going to, you know, help us out with other, you know, just are, are you going to, you know, help out the family a little bit being here? But my wife and I, kind of like you said, like we've had that discussion of, well, we're hoping that they get in a better financial situation. Maybe it's better that they, you know, take five, six months worth of expenses and save that up. But like you said, I mean, we may be setting them up for failure as well. Yeah. Plus, we, we kind of feel like if they're helping out with child care uh, and we're saving on the other side as well, so maybe it's a, you know, help each other out. Yeah. But no, I, I agree. I think it's it's scary that, you know, if they go six months without, you know, a house payment and utility payments, uh, I, I that would have no hard time seeing them say we we booked a trip to california for the family or uh you know that that that's the big concern and 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 again i don't my goal on this call and this discussion and and episode is not to make bold statements but that is the big fear the big fear is that they can't find margin in their budget once they become dependent on rent-free living and so right. if anything you're going to do, I mean, you're going to try to, again, we're going to try to put a time stamp of saying February 10th is the day or whatever. And I think the other thing is to do is to say, where are you going to put your $1,000 a month to prove to yourself that you have $1,000 in your month in a budget so you can get the hell out? Like that's... Right, right. I mean, I'll be honest, that's the scariest part. That That part's the scariest part because I just especially if they're going through some sort of mental health financial crisis right now, which it seems like they are. Right. Yeah. Man, I'm not helpful, am I? Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I thought this would probably be one of the more challenging questions you've, you've ever had. Cause it's, it's the hard thing for us. It's not a formula. It's not numbers you can punch in and punch in and move around. And uh, it's sometimes hard to have those conversations with your own spouse, let alone <laughs> it's so true. another family member. Yeah. So I, I got to think, man, I think you find a way amongst the four of you, uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law to talk about this sooner rather than later and pick four categories, right? Pick, uh, when are you getting out, what are you going to do with the money that will allow you to get out? What are you facing now? And I know they keep pushing back, but at some point you're going to have to drop the bomb. We've all been waiting for you to drop, which is, Hey, if you're if you're gonna live with us, then I, I gotta know this, right? I mean, right. No one wants to say that. You don't want to say it to your father-in-law, right? No, absolutely not. And it's it's kind of my, my mother-in-law. I, I have absolutely no doubt. If we said you guys could stay here for thirty years, she would do that in a heartbeat. My yeah. father-in-law, on the other hand, uh, you know, I think four or five days in a row with the grandkids, he needs a little break. So I, I, I see him being <laughs> the one to keep pushing to 
to move out. So yeah, I mean, you know what? This is on your kids now. Like I, I like I love my kids, but too much time with my kids will make a man want to move. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Yeah. So you yeah. just put your. Hopefully your kids aren't as annoying as my lovely kids are. But if they are, get them in that room a lot. Wake up every day. I want bedtime stories. Right. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Anything else I cannot assist with since I clearly <laughs> didn't have any answers? That I, First of all, I just want to really thank you for sharing that because, man, that's hard. And I, I mean, all, transparent communication is going to be the only way out. Uh, and unfortunately, right. you know, there's that age when you sort of switch roles with your parents, you know, that weird, uncomfortable time in a person's life. Yeah. Yeah. And you're there, man. And it requires yeah. you to bust chops. Yeah. Anything else I can uh, not assist with? No, I think that's been pretty helpful. You know, we're uh, had a few conversations with friends and, and a couple people that have gone through this before and kind of how that, how it worked out for them. And uh, there's definitely not a magic bullet to it. And I don't think there's really the best answer. It's just trying to to figure each piece out. But um, there is a big unknown here. You're right about that. There is something you don't know. And it's not yeah. salacious or weird or nasty. I mean, I don't know. I, I've seen I've seen a lot of these. Sometimes it's something as peculiar as like a, like a gambling addiction. Like you just never know what the other thing is. Yeah, I mean, we we my our my wife and sister law and brother. I mean, we've had those conversations because we know they you know they do you know do some of those activities. They like to gamble. They like to take trips here and there. Um, but yeah, and, and sometimes we get way out there of, is there, you know, a sister or a brother that they don't know about? <laughs> so, yeah, um, but, right. You know, yeah, we, we just feel like with the situation and, and the little bit that we do know, we, we do, I mean, we all feel pretty strongly there's something there we don't know about, but mm. I think we always just settle back into, well, they're compulsive spenders, they, they can't have a penny in their pocket, and uh, they don't communicate with each other on it, it's just they spend what they want and they figure it out later. Uh, but we don't see the end result of, you know, they, they don't drive a BMW. They don't have, you know, the nicest things in the world. They have a lot of things and they, they tend to upgrade frequently, or yeah. at least, you know, change frequently. But uh, he doesn't have like a tattoo of like an ace of spades on his forearm or anything. No, I mean, he did upgrade from his Suzuki bike to a Harley, but it was oh. not, uh, definitely not a bike club. Harley, Are you, can you ride a motorcycle? I am definitely not manly enough to strap onto a hog and uh, ride that thing. No, I, I think I, I know what my self-control limits are. I don't think I would be able to abide by the law on a motorcycle. See, so I, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. That's why I stick to fishing. It's boring and wonderful. It's the greatest thing in the world. Perfect. Um, Perfect. All right, Chris. Can you update us? I mean, please. I mean, just shoot us an email. I gotta know now. I feel like I'm I'm invested in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, six months from now, if there's uh, if they're still around and you're looking for a roommate, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, if if you need to email me separately, uh, you can get my email address from Nicole, who you've worked with to be on the show, and uh, be glad to to communicate with you that way as well. All right. Great. Thank you very much for your help today. It's been been helpful. My pleasure. All right, that's it for this week's show. Man, you can pick your friends. You can pick your nose. You can't pick your family. I mean, that's a guy that wants to help so badly, 
And if you don't look closely, it looks like a person that doesn't want to help, but that's just not the case. I mean, um, there's something, there's something going on there. You know, I've, I've seen this too often where there is a big unknown. I don't know what it is. And I'm not even going to speculate and guess. Um, if you're in this situation, the best thing you can do, if you feel like you're going to be in this situation, ground rules are the best to set. You know, you've, you've got to use, Hey, we'd, you know, we'd like you to try to, to, to find different plans by February 15th, like very specific days. Don't say things like the spring or next sometime next year. That's too, way too open-ended. And when it comes to making sure that someone uh, can get out, make sure that they don't acclimate to their new lifestyle with you and increase their spending on discretionary things. Because if they do, they'll never find the money to then uh, pay rent somewhere. All right, that's it. I'm done. Uh, best of luck to Chris. I'm excited. If I get an update, I'll give it to you. I'm done. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, Tron Regis. It's from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. burn. This I adjourn, this I adjourn, this I Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?